0: Today's episode of the City of Smack Podcast on the City of Smack Podcast Network is presented by Tracksmith. Just this past week, the Boston-based running brand announced the Tracksmith Foundation. The goal is simple yet ambitious, give more youth the opportunity to participate in track and field. Tracksmith believes the lessons learned from being part of a track and field team are the lessons that can create a more inclusive society. Few have done a better job illuminating the opportunities and challenges facing the sport today than Russell Dinkins, who is now the foundation's executive director. He was a guest on this podcast last year for his efforts to save the Brown men's track and field program. And for the past year, Tracksmith has been supporting Russell in his work to save college track and field programs from being eliminated. Now he'll be able to continue this work through the foundation. And with your help, the Tracksmith Foundation will be able to create more opportunities and inspire broader participation through advocacy and assistance. As the new year approaches, Tracksmith has come up with a very creative way to celebrate our sport, and that's by hosting a New Year's Eve spectacular in New York City. All proceeds from the Midnight Mile featuring Nick Willis trying to break four minutes for the mile for the 20th consecutive year at the New Balance Track and Field Center at the Armory will go towards the Tracksmith Foundation. And if you're not able to attend the Midnight Mile, but would like to make a donation to the foundation you can also do so through the tracksmith website now for my loyal listeners tracksmith is also offering 15 percent off your purchases using code sidious15 at checkout shop their latest winter collection which is live as we speak everything they make is designed for the unique challenges of each training period new colors new styles new season hit tracksmith.com and use code sidious15 at checkout Thanks to the support on Patreon. You guys are bringing it on there. A special welcome to Stuart Neustadt, Pietro, Scott Borgort and Mariah for joining the Backers Club. If you enjoy what we're doing, support us over at patreon.com slash SidiousMag. A quick breakdown of how you can think of your contributions. $4 a month on Patreon is like buying me or Mac Fleet or Dana Giordano or Mike Zerzolo a cup of coffee. maybe gets us a salad for lunch, and that's being generous because of where we all live. Anything more than that, and you're basically signing up to be our best friend. If you sign up, you'll get a shout-out on the next episode of the show. You can also make a one-time donation via Venmo if you find us there at SidiousMag. It can be because you enjoy the conversations. We keep you company on runs. Or if you just want to shout-out a friend, teammate, coach, or family member who loves the show. Consider Venmo as a virtual tip jar if you enjoy the show. So thanks to all the people who have come through on there. So some shout-outs real quick from the Venmo crowd. Thanks to Vanessa Costa, Casey Walker, Kendall Eckhart, Jackie Seigelman, who said thanks for the good run company. Sam Golden, who said... Thanks for being my top podcast of 2021. I saw a lot of those from Spotify. Joshua Parks as Tis the Season and Lonnie Rich. One last shout-out to Elena Borgort, who is a senior in high school and into all things running. It really warms my heart to hear that you and your dad listens to these episodes and then chat about it afterwards. We're bringing families together with this show. Keep up the happy running. Keep up that excitement and keep up that love for this sport. Another way you can also show your love for Sidious Mag is by picking up a t-shirt, sweater, crew neck, whatever you want, over at Sidious Mag and hitting the merch tab. There's also the free Christmas gift you can give the Sidious Mag team, and that's leaving a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe or follow us on Spotify. Your reviews and ratings help make it possible so that future sponsors know what to expect from the show. Thanks again to everyone who has done so. Thanks also to anyone who has shared some of the most recent episodes on their Instagram stories or on Twitter. I do my best to reshare those anytime someone tags Mag. so we'd love to see that. Two of the three people on this podcast episode have won NCAA titles while competing at the University of Oregon. I have none. My co-host Mac Fleet has two. So today we welcome... Cooper tier to the podcast. He just announced his decision to turn professional and signed a contract with Nike. So we hear some insights into what that means for his future plans, especially going into 2022, a year where the world championships are in his backyard in Eugene, Oregon. He put together a really great last 12 months of action he ran 350 for the mile 746 indoors for the 3k outdoors he ran 335 for the 1500 meters broke the long-standing Oregon school record in the 5K with the 1312 and claimed the NCAA outdoor title in that event to also go along with the Oregon DMR and team title from indoor season he also finished fourth in in the 5K at the U.S. Olympic Trials. If we go back a couple years in high school, Cooper ran 4-flat-16 and just narrowly missed out on getting under the 4-minute barrier. He eventually got it done as a freshman at Oregon, but in this conversation you'll hear really what it took for him to nail this progression where he's winning titles, running fast times by his senior year, and it's basically what a lot of people hope to accomplish when they're you know, those budding high school stars. As we've been doing lately with some of our other episodes, you can watch clips from this conversation on YouTube. We also did a video just for the YouTube channel where we pulled up some of Cooper's old Instagram posts and had him tell the stories uh, behind those particular photos. So that's on YouTube. Subscribe to the City Smack YouTube channel for more cool content. Without further ado, here is Cooper Tier. All right, now we welcome on Cooper Tier to the City of Smack Podcast. So first off, congrats on going pro, signing a nice deal with Nike. So hit us with what was the first big purchase, I guess, you've made since that contract?
1: And have you actually gotten paid yet?
2: <laughs> um, I have purchased nothing because, no, I have not gotten paid yet. But uh, I got a, I got a few things in the works. I've actually never had a car in my whole life, 22, so that'll probably be uh, a purchase that I will make pretty quickly. Um, will I buy a nice car, or will I buy a 1996 Honda Civic with some uh, skin damage? Who knows? But uh, we're going to be financially responsible a little bit, uh, as, as much as we can. But um, yeah, no, no big purchases yet. I'm trying to be fiscally responsible, because who knows how long running will last, and uh, hopefully this will take me... At least, and maybe invest in a four hundred one k. I don't know what really that is, but uh, I've heard it's useful. So we'll we'll see.
0: Mac, what was your first big purchase at a
1: college? Um, I what I I think because I stayed in Eugene with OTC. I found the most expensive apartment I basically could in Eugene, which was a whopping <laughs> like twelve hundred dollars a month. Uh, you can't like Eugene, especially back then, you couldn't find anything that was expensive. Um, but I did buy a car. Uh, I bought my, my Tacoma. So that first, the first paycheck is, is always nice as a pro runner because you get back paid. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually, sometimes you get back paid. You get back paid like six months. So that first paycheck is real, real nice.
2: You can make this much running? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, that was my dad. He was like, oh, cool. Like for, uh, you know, for six years, I'm like, no, per, per year. He's like, oh, shit! <laughs> I didn't know that you could do that.
0: <laughs> all right, Cooper. So how did this all come about? Because for people on the outside looking in, they'd probably think big Oregon star, Oregon runner, and like, you know, the Nike ties to the University of Oregon, that it only sort of made sense. But what were you sort of looking for uh, as you were taking this next step? And then, like, I mean, were, were you getting other offers? Like, how did this process go about for you?
2: Yeah, no, I think this was like the least surprising announcement anyone could have had. Uh, I think people saw it coming from pretty far away. But yeah, no, I've been I've been sort of in the process for months now. It's it started before NCAA is kind of. Um, just shopping around because I wasn't really sure if I was going to come back for a cross or even, um, you know, this full year potentially because I, I had it all. Um, I had cross indoor and outdoor. So, um, but I definitely also was like, I just won NCAAs, like hopefully going to try to make an Olympic team. Like could be a good time to, um, you know, make that happen. But so I've kind of been in the process for like almost six months now. Um and definitely, yeah, I had other offers. Um, you know, it wasn't just like I'm only going with Nike. Like, I had I had a couple others that like I was really intrigued with. Um, but I mean, you know, just getting being being a duck, and uh, you know, coming from U of O, you get taken care of by Nike, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure Matt can attest to this as well. It's just like if they want you, they they're they're gonna get you, um, and they're gonna make it kind of make it worth your while so um it was definitely like a a very hard offer to turn down so um yeah i'm i'm super grateful for the opportunity and um you know after after cole went pro i think that made it just even a little bit clearer um of a choice and uh yeah so now uh kind of the plan is stick around eugene through the summer and uh keep keep training with ben and cole and uh we got a couple other guys out there james less is there he's running really well right now so Um, kind of just keep this little group together
1: and see what we can do, uh, coming up to worlds. That's awesome. Yeah. When I came out, I think, um, the whole plan was how little things could I change? Like, cause I was, you know, you're obviously much better than I was in college, but it's like, okay, I'm coming out pretty much an ideal situation. It's really hard to find a setup that works. What are the, the least amount of things that I can change? And that was for me, that was staying in Eugene, going with Roland with OTC and yeah like you said like I don't know I think probably similar boat where there was other offers that I was genuinely entertaining uh like personally I, I had Hoka and Adidas and New Balance was sort of there as well but you know ended up on the phone with people at Nike um you know to the much chagrin of my agent Personally being on the phone with people, not the way to professionally do it, (laughs) but, you know, they wanted me and it's like, okay, so if this is what you want, like, this is what it's going to be. Yeah, that stuff happens. And I think, I don't know, in my terms of old man, changing the least amount of things around you, like what you're doing is like the best option. Like, you know, you're in a successful situation. Why would you want to change like where you're at or what you're doing? I feel like I'm sort of just scraping the surface
2: with, um, Ben Thomas, you know, kind of just the last year, year or two have kind of clicked. Um, so I want to see, you know, how far that can take me. I think he's a tremendous coach knows, knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, to be able to, uh, still have access to Hayward and all those facilities, um, you know, it really is like a professional setup. Um, and so, and especially having worlds in Eugene in a couple months, like, it makes no sense to go anywhere else, really. Like this is this is where I'm comfortable at. This is I know the ins and outs of it, and uh, and yeah, like still like all my friends are here. Like it's it's where I'm happy. So um, yeah, it made sense to just not really change anything. And the opportunity came. Uh, sometimes that hard, that's hard, but also having Cole kind of do all the dirty work and uh, you know have three months of figuring it out before me, and then I'll just ride on his coattails and he'll just tell me exactly all the stuff that he did wrong uh, in his first couple months. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's a great setup, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy about it. I think coaches are happy about it as well and still going to be sticking around. And um, I think I'm going to be like a volunteer assistant coach now. Um, so part of the coaching staff, probably going to try to um, maybe get that promotion to head coach as soon as possible. But for right now, we're just going <laughs> to keep keep running for a little bit so as of right now
0: it 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 sounds like you'll be sticking with coach ben thomas through next summer and same sort of training partners you know everyone there's obviously the bowerman group there's the pete julian group what should we call you guys like in the meantime
2: oh god we cole and i have actually been trying to workshop this a little bit there's people always uh there's a little hashtag um that like people love to put on. Like anytime we do anything, like as a collective group under Ben, they love to do like hashtag Btoma1. Um I honestly I think it came from Virginia Tech. I couldn't even tell you what it means, but will I throw it on a hashtag if someone posts a picture of him? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh right now that's like that's like our tentative thing, but we're trying to come up with like a little logo and uh and some new colors. We're trying to get some maybe some custom Nike kits. But uh, I, there are there actually talks about like trying to make it like a full uh, pro group, but I don't really know how, uh, how well that's going. And right now it's kind of just us, us training and, um, you know, doing it as just regular Nike athletes without really a group yet. So, but it's, it's in the works. Uh, hopefully in the next next couple of months we can hop back on and I'll have some prototypes for you guys. So, um, yeah, it's, it's in the works.
0: Awesome. So I want to go back to July. I did the podcast episode with Phil Knight. Have you had favorite athletes come up?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, it's uh, you know endless. I mean, obviously you start with Pre, but uh, and it goes through to the two kids that are running today, uh, Cooper Tair and uh, Mm -hmm. Cole Cole Hawker, and uh, so uh, and a lot of just you know dozens in between.
0: Mm. So what was your initial reaction to hearing that i mean it's got to be a little bit cool that it's like this i mean legendary oregon duck and then also the founder of nike still pays attention to the sport very closely and, and name drops the two of you
2: yeah my, my initial reaction was damn it why don't i have an easier last name to say um <laughs> but, but like after i remember some i think my roommate gavin showed it to me like and because i i hadn't heard it i'd been like a day or two and someone and he showed it to me. He's like, "Dude, like, what do you think about the Phil Knight thing?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Um, and he showed me. I was like, "What the f- like, what the fuck?" That 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 was crazy. <laughs> um, Like, I so my uh, my neighbor actually down the street. He ran at uh, U of O and like back with Pre. And uh, he was a marathoner. He was one of the first uh, employees at Nike. Actually, his name's Ron Wayne. Um, and he he told me a bunch of stuff about Phil and. I just heard a bunch of stories and just like, and then reading like shoe dog and all that stuff. And then like having him actually know my name, that was like, that was also like one of the first steps where I was like, I feel like I kind of have to go with Nike now. Like this is, (laughs) this is my guy now. So hopefully, uh, one of these days, maybe he'll pick me up on the PJ and we'll, we'll go for a little flight around the Emerald Valley. Um, But yeah no that that was like insane to hear I was like not a chance this dude knows this dude knows my name like he's just, it's so like the pinnacle of of like the sports world uh not even just running so um uh, that was really cool and and seeing him in the stands some days like seeing him in uh like Dellinger, like just go sit in their boxes at at Oregon um at Hayward while we're Uh, racing is like insane. Sometimes we'll look up and they'll like throw a little thumbs up after uh, like after NCAA. So that was sick to see. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get, we'll get the names down. Um, But that's, that's for
1: another time. Your guys' generation, your group, I think is sort of re I don't know, re exploring like sort of the history of running a little bit. I feel like that's a thing um, and trying to make your own not replicating it or anything but making making it as real as possible in like our social media world that everyone's in like it's a real authentic thing and the community that is still around Eugene of all those old timers is insane like you talk about Dillinger and, and Phil we had again one of my neighbors was a woman oh God, I'm I'm so sorry that I don't remember her name but she was one of those like nineteen. 80 early teams, she was a 1500 meter runner, and after I won NTA's my first time, I think in 13, AJ and I are throwing football in, like, the street, just like, you know, middle of the day, having fun, and she comes out of the house, we'd lived there all the year, we'd never talked to her, she comes out of the house, and she's like, hey, uh, good race, you know, yesterday or the other day, and we're like, oh, awesome, thank you, and she's like, you know, tells a story, I ran on a team in the 80s, and like, Oh my god that's awesome we talked to her for like 10 minutes and she's like uh you guys like maker's mark I'm like adriana like yeah i mean it's 1 p.m but sure why not she goes back to her house comes out with a bottle of maker's mark with three shot glasses and she oh my pours god. three shots in the middle of the street just down them and then you know she's like all right i'll see you guys later and like it's like oh <laughs> this is eugene like <laughs> we're on um like college hill you know out by amazon uh, you know, still lives there, still goes to all those meets and everything like that. The the community there is like absolutely incredible.
2: I just had like a sort of similar uh, earlier this year. We had a sort of similar experience. Um, or no, it was the it was the end of last year. Like probably like three weeks before NCAA's. We were on pre trail, just doing a, a like this comfy steady workout, which is like six minute pace stuff. Um, running with the whole team. And uh, me and Cole had a little bit longer. And we see this dude and he's turning around. And uh, he's like, he's looking at us. And he turns around and he he literally stops us in our tracks. He's running probably like eight minute pace, just like hobbling around pre-show. And he's like, you guys have to stop and like entertain me for a little bit. Like my name is, I forgot his first name, but it's the dude that owns Taylor's Bar. and every, everyone knows Taylor's. Everyone's gone to Taylor's. Everyone's had good nights and bad nights at Taylor's. Like You know how it goes. And uh, and so he ends up like, we kind of get past him. We talked to him for a second, but we had to keep going. And uh, so Cole and I end up whipping back around, and we see him again, and he grabs us, and he stops us. And he's like, you got to entertain me for a little bit. So we're trying to go like six-minute pace, and this dude's literally holding us, making us run like eight-minute pace like I was like, okay, our workout's out the window, like whatever. And we talked to him for like 15 minutes, and he, he is this crazy old dude. He's like swearing at us, calling us all these names, but like at, like all out of love. It was so funny. And just like, just yeah, the people there, like everyone knows. He was like, if Taylor's was still open, you, you guys would be in there every weekend, like all this <laughs> stuff. And I was like, man, let's make it happen. My first NIL.
1: That would be uh, the best NIL in your team. <laughs> Uh, sorry, go for it,
0: Chris. <laughs> yeah. so I mean, Cooper, like, for the longest time, like, even, I guess, as a as a high schooler, you were, like, very Oregon, like, appreciative of the, the program's history. Like, um, there's photos of you, I guess, like, I, I remember from, like, when you were in high school throwing up the O after you had, like, sort of committed. And um, so, like, where did when, – when did that really start for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, ever since – I got into running. Um, one of my good friends in middle school got me into it. Uh, he used to be way faster than me. He would, you know, take me to the house on all our workouts in middle school. Um, and he was he was really big into Oregon, I think everyone sort of, and he got me into more of the history of it. Like, like Matt was saying, I feel like we do have a, a big appreciation for uh, a little bit more of the history and um, just like the tradition there. Um, so yeah, ever since like day one, that's kind of been my dream, my dream school. And my mom, she, I don't know if you guys saw that picture at at the trials of me in my like pre Halloween costume. I I got so mad at her after that. I got so much shit for that, like like good good shit. But like too many people sent me that photo and were like oh nice costume. I was like come on, um but yeah no that's that's been like since day one. And I remember like taking visits places. But um, it was funny. I talked to Reed like after I'd finished all my all my visits. I was like. So you're going to Oregon, right? He's like, yeah, and you are too. Like, there was not really that much consideration for anywhere else. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of like since day one, I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, And once that actually, like, became a possibility, I remember, like, sophomore year, freshman year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Oregon. And my mom was like, okay, you're going to go to Oregon and run, whatever. Um, And then, like, it actually became a thing. And, um, you know, the second I, like, committed, I was like, all right, Like, this is is my future now. Um, And then just getting the opportunity to continue to progress and kind of get my name in there. And, like, have a school record at Oregon is, like, that was one of the big things that I wanted to do. I wanted to have a school record. I wanted to have – win an outdoor title, a team title, and have my name on the j floor. Um, If you're an academic All-American, you get your name on the j floor. And that, for me, was, like, okay, you can get a record, but that'll go. Like, you can win a title that's cool i felt like getting my name on the jake before hated school did not want to even really take any classes but uh i was like you know what i might as well try in school get myself some incentive and it i think it's sort of a sliding scale like the better you do in running you can be a little worse in athletics and vice versa or, or i mean in academics um and so i think i i think i got it uh after outdoors last year so I'm still working through some of the logistics of it, but yeah, I think, I think I accomplished like almost all of my goals coming in and I thought I would maybe get one of them uh, when I was actually a freshman. Um, And that, that 5k school record, I think was the biggest thing that I was eyeing Um, and to do that and also like win a title in the same race. That was like surreal for me. So um, yeah, I mean, since day one, Oregon's kind of been on my radar and, and the place that I wanted to end up at and to be able to do that and then have the success that I've seen there. Um, you know, it's like unreal.
0: If we go back like a couple of years, I always kind of think back to that, uh, like a, the Adidas Dream Mile and like all those, you know, fields and classes that they assembled and how there was this huge hype over time around, you know, high school boys breaking four minutes for the mile. And then it started to happen a little bit more often while you were in school. You got super close. And then you get to Oregon and I feel like a lot of the people who fall into that sort of like the dream mile category that's like on the bubble of sub four, it takes sometimes a year or two and that athlete is like a flash in the pan and you really don't hear too too much success out of some of those classes. Now for you, it seemed to have worked where I guess how did it work getting to Oregon and then from there following this progression to the point where by the time your senior year rolled around. You were running the fastest you'd ever been. You're being very successful in, in terms of winning races. And it kind of takes a little bit of that, uh, I don't know, like the guidance from the coach is one component to two, but the trust in the the progression. So how did you handle all of that getting to, to Oregon and that made it work so seamlessly, it's, it feels like?
2: Yeah. Now, first I have to give a shout out to Brody Hasty. Um, I remember I had like the fastest time to never – to not break four in like high school history. And then like, I think the next year he ran just like a little bit faster and still didn't break four. So um, I feel like we were in the same boat coming out of high school, Um, but yeah, no, I think it's like when you're right on the cusp that honestly like killed me, but at the same time I was like, okay, not gonna let this happen again. And I remember coming in and like my first indoor race breaking four, doing it with uh, Reed. And I think just like coming in and actually I was, I feel like I've never not have mo- had motivation and a lot of it has just been like the people around me. Um, whether it was like the Powell's freshman year helped me like really get like introduced to college and, um, you know, doing a really good job of like, I felt like I had a really easy transition cause they were like always there for me. Um, and always like super supportive and, um, they were just like super friendly and made it easy to like trust them as coaches. And then having Ben come in the next year and, um, Doing a very similar thing, uh, definitely two very different types of coaches, uh, but Ben Ben had a plan like right from the get go, and um, I feel like it took maybe a couple months to get used to it. But once we got to that indoor, um, you know, those indoor races, ended up getting like fourth in the three k that year, and so every year it was just about like building on the previous year, and so I never redshirted anything um, throughout college i i ran every season and i felt like yeah maybe that was i was a little burnt out at at some points but also i felt like building on each season helped me so much in terms of like continuing to get stronger in places that maybe i hadn't been before and then having you know working out with like reed and uh some of the older guys like sam Prekel or tanner anderson my freshman year And then having Blake Haney the next year and then having Cole come in and end up pushing, like helping push me. Um, you know, you don't, you don't see that that often. So I felt like I got really lucky in terms of like the opportunities I've had and the people I've been surrounded with. Um, and I'm not gonna lie. I think COVID played like a big role in, in me doing so well, my senior year. Um, like I said, I didn't register anything. And, uh, I think I was a little bit burnt out and having the opportunity to not have to run for a little bit and only running when I wanted to. Um, I felt like it was really beneficial for me. Like I probably took like a month or two of being like sad. Cause I thought I was like, I, I was planning on winning indoors in the three K in Albuquerque like that. Like there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to win that race. Who knows? Really good field might've lost. Um, but like coming off of that, I was like pretty motivated to like, Continue to train, but also, like, I felt like I could, you know, go play beard eye in the backyard with my friends because, like, I don't have a race for another year or, like, ever. I had no clue at that point. So it was like, you go work out when you want to, you work out really hard, and then you go and do nothing for two days. So, like, I think that was brought me back to just like the fundamental part of the sport and, like, realizing how much I actually do love it. It didn't feel like work. That was like when I had the most fun. Like, we took a trip to Montana, um, and that was, like, some of the most fun I've ever had with running and doing some of my best workouts. So I felt like getting back to basics and, like, kind of restarting and, uh, you know, turning a new page helped me a lot in terms of, like, having the motivation senior year to, like, get even better. Because, like, I felt like I could have been content after my junior year running. I ran, like, 3.55 and 7.49, so I was like, that's that's faster than I ever thought I would run in the first place. And then being able to come in and like time trial at seven forty four, and then run three fifty indoors with another teammate there, like that was just that was crazy. And I think that kind of set the the standard um, for the collegiate scene. There's there's a lot of really good guys. That um, I mean, just look at the results from five Ks from the five K outdoor. Um, that was like some of the top times ever like ever run all in one race. Um, so yeah, no, I think um, the progression has been really good. And a lot of it has just been like not being too stressed out about like having to run certain times. It's just like having fun and it'll come pretty naturally.
1: Um, how is, how I would say that most, I don't know. Everyone trains about like 85% the same, I would say. And, but Ben Thomas's stuff seems to be a little bit more different. Uh, like the workouts from i know i don't i was never under him it's just you know of course like things that i hear and it's always super interesting like how specific some of your like rest paces are your on paces like i hear these stories of like it's basically just warm- up to finish is just continuous um is that it one is that true uh and two like i guess you sort of said it took you a while to adapt to it, but do you see that his sort of style allowing you to grow even more now that you can just focus on, you know, um, making teams and winning us titles and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it, it did take, yeah, that it's absolutely true. Like, um, it's pretty much like once you went on workout days, like you, you get after it. And, uh, I feel like it's, I always hear about, like, Jakob Ingebrigtsen doing, like, just, like, endless threshold stuff, and I feel like it's somewhat similar to that. It's kind of at that point where you never get to fully recover, but, like, the recovery is enough to where you can go into the next rep and still do well. Um, And, yeah, it's, like, I remember, so, sophomore year when he, when Ben first came in, I think the hardest I've ever trained was that fall for cross country, Uh, He came in and like he, he meant business and it was a way different um, kind of setup than the pals. So, um, and I felt like it, it was really hard and I was training like the best I'd trained in my life doing like knock and work outside of the park. And like, we had a whole team doing that. And then I think we ended up getting 15th at cross country nationals. I got like 94th, like no, nowhere near what we thought. And I think it was just like a little bit of an adjustment period. I think we trained maybe a little bit too hard. And we just weren't ready for it. We weren't adapted to it yet. But I think once you saw that transition and like something finally clicked, um, yeah, like those workouts are so beneficial. And there's so much room to grow with them every year. um, I think every year, the paces of what we ended up doing, we do a lot of it is like pretty, uh, you know, we have like a two or three week cycle where we do similar workouts. Um, And every year, you can look at it and the, the times have gotten faster and there's still room to improve on all of those, which I think is the coolest thing. So like we're already running so like three fifty, you know, low thirteens. Um, and I feel like there's still a lot of, a lot of room to improve on that. Um, meanwhile, still developing some of that speed. I think, you know, I haven't even really, I think I've been so focused. I came in and ran one 1500 my freshman year and ran like five, five K's. I feel like I haven't even really got the opportunity to, like, look into the 1500 and really, like, develop that end of, like, my racing and still, like, ran 335, which is, like, pretty solid. So, um, you know, I think coming in and, like, still having room to develop on, like, the speed end of it and then, again, like, the aerobic, like, threshold stuff, still having room to improve there, I think – I mean, I'm just – I'm excited to, like – even just talking about it makes me want to, like, just – leave and go do a workout right now because like i feel like there's so much uh you know so much time to improve so i'm really excited to see uh you know once we get back into it um you know in january and we're all kind of all together what what we're going to be able to do because i know cole's kind of at the top of his game right now uh james west is running really well uh charlie's killing it so yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of room to improve and i think the guys around to do it so um we're just going to kind of kind of keep that trend. I've I've gotten faster every year, so hopefully I can continue to, you know, see a, a similar progression.
1: Yeah, you've run 350 for an indoor mile. I think your your 15-mile stuff's <laughs> a little fucking okay. Um <laughs> uh yeah, no, that was one of my like it wasn't a criticism. I don't how th- oh, I guess it could have been taken as a criticism. Um but it wasn't intended to be. It was like because it's so hard, especially at Oregon, because the responsibility of the coaches to coach the collegiate team, because that's what they're paid to do, Mm -hmm. to continue to coach pros, like, I know that was a similar situation for, um, you know, like, I sort of wanted Andy to keep coaching me, but that that wasn't really a a possibility, Um, and, like, because you have a good relationship with with, uh, Ben, and, like, his training is, I think, slightly different than a lot of other pro coaches, that I was like, oh, shit, like, these guys are insanely talented. They're running really, really well. And then now we're in the cycle of, you know, Olympics, Worlds, Worlds, Olympics. And now they have to go to like a different program. And then that's going to be like an entire year of adjustment. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I'm super pumped that you guys get to stay there and be with them and, and like continue growing. Uh, Chris, what are you going to say?
0: I interviewed you for the story I did in Sports Illustrated uh, on Cole a couple uh, months ago. And I guess the way you were describing some of the workouts, like really stood out to me, I, for the podcast listeners, I'm curious if you would be willing to share, I guess what, what I asked you was, what were some moments in workouts that Cole really like wowed you? And similarly, like you're right there with them in all of these, but I wanted you to share the story of after the Oregon twilight meet. The fifteen hundred meters where you and Yard goose beat him. Uh, what exactly the workout was and, and and what happened because I I thought it was pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, no, that was definitely a. I think that was probably my like most like wow moment from Cole. He's had like, I mean, he's closed at fifteen hundred in one forty eight, but like after after that race, like. I think, he always is such a competitor and when he loses, like he wants it to be like by this much, if that's even going to happen at all. Um, and for me and yard to beat him by like, you know, half a second or whatever it was, I think I really like, he was like, okay, I need to change something. And he was going to change it right then. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you know, we always, we usually do like workouts after it's just, I think it was like eight by 200 or something like that. Um, and we just started at like 30, 31 and got down to it. And, uh, you know, we were running like 25, 26 seconds on like the sixth or seventh one. And I think Cole ran like 23 flat on the last one. And I remember just like pumping my arms and like moving my legs as fast as I could and him just getting farther and farther away from me. And I was like, how is he possibly doing this after running like a PR in the 1500? And like it, it just like baffled me that he even had like – I don't think I could do that just like straight up running a 200 like he he just has like raw speed that is like that's what you need to get the next level um and I think in high school he never really like had the opportunity to like tap into that and like Ben developed that and that was the first time I ever saw it and I was like shit this kid's gonna be like insane because I already know like he 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 beat me in like the 5k two weeks before and. Uh, he had been right, like beat me in the three K at, uh, indoor nationals, but that was the first time I was like, shit, I like, he kind of scares me. Um, but like in a great way. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. like, that's when I was like, okay, I want to train with this kid for as long as I can. Cause I know like if I can continue to keep up with him and he's, he's just gonna make me better. Um, and I hope I can do, you know, a similar thing for him. So I think we had a really good dynamic and just knowing he has like some of those, some of those tools in his, uh, in his back pocket hopefully I can develop some of the same type of stuff. And, um, but yeah, no, that was like, that was a moment. I was like, God damn it. Like, why is he gotta be so good?
0: Uh, so he's doing Miller's games mile. Uh, and you mentioned that he's, you know, in training right now and probably and, and looking pretty good. So uh, that's scary to a lot of people. Is, is that a race that you're going to try and make the pro debut in? Or is like, what do you have planned right now?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think I will go to Milrose, but I think I'll probably end up running the three k. I think okay, I'm definitely a little bit behind in terms. Of he uh, he just ran a they did like a time trial at Hayward, him and James. They ran like eight thirty for two miles, like pretty smooth, like nothing crazy, just cutting down the whole way and quick last lap. So he's he's definitely kind of built through the base phase and um, you know getting into some more specific stuff. And I feel like right now I'm kind of getting back into it, I took a little bit of time off of after NCAAs. So, um, I'm, I'm more in that like aerobic kind of area less in the speed right now. So, um, you know, I think I'll, I'll be ready to go by January end of January, but, um, I think I'll end up doing the three K just cause I think you know, that'll be more, more of my wheelhouse at the, at the time. But, um, like I said, I, I really want to develop more of that 1500 mile speed. So, um, Hopefully after that we'll have another crack at uh you know maybe a, a quick mile, uh, like we did last year at Arkansas. So uh, who knows? Maybe go for like an American record there. Uh, we we're we we're pretty close last year, so hopefully uh, if we things keep trending the right way, uh, we'll have a shot at that. And then um, you know USA indoors, obviously not sure what we'll do there yet. I think Cole's trying to maybe look towards some of that uh, higher end stuff, uh, like three k five k stuff. So maybe he'll give me a shot at taking the mile title and and he'll go for the 3k who knows but um yeah we haven't really figured out everything yet but kind of everything is just geared towards you know making that world team um that's the biggest thing to do i know what i have to do now after getting fourth at, at trials so um yeah just kind of in indoor will just be a fun time to get back to racing kind of make that pro debut and and realize like what the next level is um Cause I feel like I've, I've had a, re- a lot of really good races, um, but never really had that deep of competition in terms of like getting into pro races. I know a lot of, a lot of times college kids get into those and I feel like I never really had the opportunity to do that except for like trials was the only time, um, you know, I've gotten to race like Paul Chalimo or the Bowerman guys. Um, so hopefully I can get a couple more of those under my belt, knock out the world standard and, uh, you know make that team.
0: I like how you just casually slipped in, like, a possible, like, American record attempt. Like, when did that stop, like,
1: seeming it's really, so crazy to, it's, uh, like, bring up in conversation? Isn't it Lagat? It's, like, 349.6 or something, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I remember because um, when we ran that race last year, I didn't even get the meet record because Bernard <laughs> had run the American record at Razorback Invitational, like, however many years before. I was like... You're kidding me. I got nothing out of this rate. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even get the, the collegiate or the facility record. So, um, but yeah, I like last year didn't even expect to run 350. I thought I could run like 353 that day. Um, I remember talking to my roommates before it and be like, yeah, no, like, they're like, do you want to go for the collegiate record? I was like, dude, shut up. Like, I'll try to run like close to it, but no. And then we ran 350. So, um, that, and I I don't know. There's a clip somewhere where I, Talked to Cole after we're sitting on the track, and I was like, "Dude, I feel like there was a little bit more there." And he was like, "I thought the same thing." So that was that was kind of the time where I was like, "Okay, shit. Like, I wish I could immediately restart that race and just run it again and and like change those minor little things." So yeah, I think that's kind of the standard now as well. Like we've we've run that three fifty. Um, Cole's run three thirty one, so I feel like that's kind of the benchmark now, and um, you know just got to keep keep upping the standard and um you know making sure we're trying to improve every year and uh now i know that we can do it so um it's just a matter of actually going out and doing it now
0: so the last time people saw you in a race was ncaa cross country championships and the way that ended was pretty brutal uh for you so for the people who just saw that clip which it's a lot of people I think I look at the Sidious mag post and it had like 120,000 views I don't know what it got on on Twitter uh, but that's that's kind of like all they saw of you I guess can you walk people to like how we got to this point and what exactly is going through your head in these final closing meters
2: yeah I remember I even saw it on like reddit it was like runner has crazy heart and finishes race. I was like, dude, be like get out of here. I like I don't want to see this. Um yeah, no, that was just like it was just one of those races that was that was just tough. And I think I maybe didn't have the best preparation going into it. Not in terms of like fitness, just like recovery stuff. And um you know, we I think the fastest I'd gone out was like four thirty seven in a race that year. And then we went out in four fifteen and Uh, I think it was kind of just like a culmination of things and, um, you know, can't really specify one thing, but, uh, actually a couple days later, I went to the hospital and I was there for like nine hours and they were like testing a bunch of stuff. And there's this thing called like your CK levels. It basically is like your muscle strain and like, it is pretty, like, there's a pretty big correlation between that and like hydration and like an average level, like what you want to be around is like 200, 250. And like they got the real results back, and I I think my level was like three thousand eight hundred like CK, and I was like, oh, okay, so, maybe maybe uh, maybe I should take like a little time off. But yeah, no, I remember just like being there, and a lot of it was just like my body. Like I remember smiling at Reed as he's coming down, like looking at me because he didn't he didn't have his best day either, and we were kind of just like laughing it off. Like look at us right now, like <laughs> what what is going on? Um, yeah, no, that was just tough. That was like three or four minutes of like, shit, how am I going to get there? And I had a couple times where I got up and I was, I was, you know, I had some steam left in me and then, and then it would be back to the, back to the grass. So like, I don't know, there's like, there's really not much to explain there. It's just like, it happened and, uh, you know, learn from it. And, uh, actually I think it was, it was pretty important just like for me to know like things that I can prove on in the future. Um and like i feel kind of bad because i feel like it got like more attention that than maybe it should have like it i felt bad because like i saw like very minimal things about like connor Mance and he earned like every ounce of like that race and every ounce of that win and like he was undefeated all season then i see like a bunch of uh you know videos of me just like trying to get to the line so i felt kind of bad that maybe it took away from some other people but um also like it just showed me how many people out there like really like are invested in the sport and like care about what the individuals do and like i i got so much support from that it was insane i had like probably 500 or 600 messages after that of kids just being like that was inspirational like like i i really liked you before but like this showed me why i like really look up to you and like a bunch of stuff like that and a lot of kids sharing one of my like favorite things was kids sending me videos of them doing the same thing that I probably got like 15 or 20 to, like different times where kids would just send me videos of them like hitting the deck like crawl like crawling to the line and those were the most entertaining things for me like I was like okay like I, it happens to, like it happens to the best of us like it, it'll happen to people like whether you want it to or not so um, it was really cool seeing those kids and like uh you know seeing the heart they have for the sport and it just showed me how many people like really are tapped into the sport and like really care about it and uh look up to you know the people at the next level so um made me want to be more of a role model and um yeah so like there there is a a silver lining to it but yeah no like it that was like four of the worst minutes i've ever experienced
0: the well there was the whole thing going into this that it was like everyone was making jokes about the fsu course being short and now you being meters away from the finish line collapse like probably wish that the course ended up being short
2: (laughs) That was like twelve K. That was it, that was a twelve K at least. With that last with that last street.
1: They probably That's got a good so course. Upset,
2: I don't wanna get political.
1: They probably got so upset that, you know, we were joking about it being short that they just actually made it way longer just in spite <laughs> of everybody. But no, we we like the course too. It's just <laughs> it was a joke.
0: It's just a joke. Um All right, Mac, let's hit him with some uh, some listener questions. Okay. All right, first question both from this person who I can't pronounce their Instagram account. It's Y Kai. When will him do a 10 K? When will he do a 10 K? And then hey. Cole versus him in a 5
1: K who will win. This is how I know that this person's an Oregon fan right here. When will him do a 10 K? All right. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you must be a duck. Um, <laughs> him will probably do a 10 K hopefully in like five years. Uh, I'm actually. I'm trying to move down. I'm trying to get to the eight hundred as quick as possible. So um, hopefully, it's a couple years from now. Uh, and in terms of the five k, I don't know. We've we've had some we've had some good ones. I mean, like Cole running thirteen seventeen off of running three thirty five at NCAA's was pretty fucking insane. Um, but I think. Well, right now, we're we're at two different levels, but at our peak, I don't know, it'd be close. Um, I think it kind of depends how it's run. If it's, like, from the gun, I think I might have him. But if it's, like, a, a sit and kick, Cole, I mean, we saw, like, at uh, Pac-12s, like, Cole shut it down that last 600. So um, I think it depends on the day, it depends on, you know, where we are, who's in the race, but I'd say it's, like, Maybe it. I'd say it's pretty 50-50. i um, I'd like to think I can get him. I feel like I got a little. I've I've got some savvy racing tactics uh, up my sleeve. So I'd say it depends on the day.
0: All right, next one up, I believe has to do. Yep. How many miles a week are you running? Were you running at your peak in high school and in college?
2: Um, the most I ever ran in high school was hundred twelve. Uh, Whoa. and then, yeah. no, my average mileage was like 50. We used to, we used to go to cross country camp. So we had like maybe 12 kids on our team, went to a tiny high school, but our coaches were awesome. They would take us to uh Lake Tahoe and we would do like a week long running camp and we would double every day. We would work out like five of the seven days. And I think I ended up running like 112 miles one week. So we go from, like, 40 or 50 doing summer training, go run 112, and then come back and get back into about 50. And he'd be like, why is half our team hurt? This is so crazy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that's the most I've ever run, and I will not be doing that again. Um, But usually I was around, like, 50, 55 was probably my highest, maybe 60 one time. Um, In college, I have done – I think the most I've ever done was 83 in a week, but that's in six days. So, um, cause we, we do a six day cycle and we do, we have like 48 mm-hmm. hours off after like our long run. So we'll do Saturday morning long run and then we get back to it Monday. So I think the most I've done is like 83, but usually I'm right around like 70 to 75.
0: Next one up. <clears throat> Favorite classic shoe of all time.
2: Is that like classic running shoe? Probably. You can hit
0: it with both or whatever.
2: <laughs> um, my favorite running shoe I've ever had, I think, was the Nike Lunar Eclipse. Uh, I think I wore them my freshman or sophomore year. They, I, I remember learned, that. One. So our team captain. My favorite shoe ever. Um, or like one of the old structures. Um, the structures suck for a little while, but I think they're better now, and they used to be really good. But our team captain bought the like lunar eclipse and he let me try them on and then the next day I had him in the exact same color same model everything and he was so pissed at me um (laughs) but that I think that's my favorite shoe of all time for sure
0: all right next up why he used trademark as his song for his Nike video
2: after seeing uh after seeing Cole Cole's video I remember I was like shit like (laughs) what am I supposed to do now um and we've all been listening to we're big baby team fans i don't know if you guys listen to him at all probably not um but i i actually spent like two hours on facetime with my friend didi um making a playlist of songs that could possibly fit and then for like yeah for like two hours we had like 30 songs narrowed it down to like 10 songs and then narrowed it down to five songs and then over the next couple of days i'd listen to them like on repeat until i was like okay this is the one and it just like, it made sense. And I feel like I had a little vision for it. And then Ben Crawford obviously helped out a lot. And uh, and then Matt Parker got me all the clips. So had I had a lot of facilities uh, at my disposal for this one. So it was nice. I'm really happy with how it turned out and the song just seemed to fit.
0: Yeah, you guys are nailing those, uh, those pro announcements. All right, why did you wait until after XC to go pro? Why not go at the same time as Cole?
2: Um, I think I wanted a little bit more of that like, team camaraderie <laughs> and at, at the beginning of the season, I thought, well, Cole initially, I thought he was going to run cross country. Um, he, we had kind of decided that we were going to do it and, uh, we had started doing workouts and stuff. I was like, shit, this team could win nationals. Like, who knows what's going to happen? We had a lot of really good guys. We had Aaron, uh, and coming in, uh, Rita was training really well. And I was like, okay, like I got to do cross now. And then we we went to our team camp for like one day and then it got too smoky. So we went back and then that's when Cole signed. And I was like, shit, like, uh, I'm i not ready. So I was just like, whatever, I'll, I'll keep training. Um, and I think it just made more sense uh, to wait a little bit. And I, I wanted that extra little time, like, cause that's cross country is like the last time you really have is like a team aspect of it. Like even like, those teams like bowerman or pete's group like it's a team but you don't really get that same team aspect and i wanted that one more time i felt like that and and i thought we might have had a chance to win nationals but uh that seemed (laughs) by the end of the season that seemed a little far-fetched so uh but you know i was happy i did it
0: next up all right we've got what was harder asking rachel out or the 10k finish at nationals (laughs)
2: Um, I didn't have to crawl with Rachel, so like, probably ten k at nationals. Um, dude, kids, kids have been like sending me texts and or like DMs on Instagram. Like, dude, stop living my dream. Like, what's like, stop it right now. Like, dude, you gotta chill out. <laughs> so funny. I've been getting getting some interesting stuff, some threats actually, even. Um, oh man. There's some oh.
1: weird. There's some. There's some weird fans out there dude. I, high school kids have gotten far too comfortable
2: on the internet like i back back when i was in high school like we talked about doing some of this stuff but like never got to the point where i was sending it and there was i've got some interesting stuff so uh yeah no I might have to get a couple restraining orders here and there but um no, for the most part it's pretty civil
1: that's uh your yeah. first purchase maybe should be some like security cameras or wherever you wherever you move <laughs> into next.
2: Maybe just some bodyguards in general.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, Cooper. So before
0: we let you go the final questions we got to ask. We asked Phil this uh, Mount Rushmore
2: of Oregon Ducks. Who you got? Oh, jeez. Um got to be pre, obviously. That's like um it's hard. um Bill McChesney is is a guy that I look up to a lot. Um, he was the one who had the the five k record hole, uh, the five k record at Oregon before uh, I got it this past year. And I remember like thinking I was like, okay, I could I could run that. And then think of him doing it in like dress shoes or whatever the fuck they were wearing back then. <laughs> um, like that's absurd to me. So I think he's got to be up there. Um, Oh, God, there's like, there's some good guys like Galen, Centro, like they've all done, they've all, you know, proven themselves. Um, I'm trying to think of some more deep cuts. So, Pre, McChesney, um, I would put Galen in there. I think, I think he's done his due diligence. And uh, Ed, Ed, of course. I mean, he's an all time, all time goat. So, that's like obviously subject to change. Um, I hope maybe one day someone will throw me in the, in the Mount Rushmore, um, maybe like 50 years from now, but no, I think, I think Mount Rushmore could never justify like the tradition at Oregon. So like, I feel like that's kind of a loaded question, but I mean, there's like 10 plus guys that could be up there. Mac, you You've earned no. your spot maybe on one of the outside, maybe on the yeah, outside. Yeah, it'd
1: be like a small, like probably like when people are like defacing, like you a know, like the signs. Yeah. just draw yeah. something like a Sharpie. That's probably where I would be. Yeah,
2: that'd be cool. Yeah, be. no, I'd be right next to you on that one. Um, <laughs> when I asked
0: Phil about it and I, it was in the podcast and I, and I said to him, who's your Mount Rushmore? He said, it's right there. He pointed at the tower. I'm like, well, there's five names there. There's only four people on uh, Mount Rushmore. So who are you kicking off? And he's like, I'm not answering that question. And so, uh, yeah, chose not and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna, not gonna argue with that. Um, and then last one, top three Oregon uniforms, the jerseys. I, I I'm curious what Mac has on his, on his list and what, what you have.
2: Yeah. Um, I really like the, I don't even know what you really call them. We call them like the Bowerman kits. the like rain, the black with the like rainbow design on them. Um, I know I've talked to Mac actually about the retro kits. You, you were the one who like got those.
1: I right, finish your, I'll, 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 I'll talk about that in a second.
2: That's, that's in my all time. Um, and then like, you know, we always do like our championship yellow, uh, for, and the new ones are insane. Like the, like ribbed ones. Uh, so like some sort of championship yellow one would probably be in there as well. So those those are probably my big three. Like whenever you get to postseason, like the preseason, you always just wear like white or black. Um, but once you get into like Pac-12s, regionals, nationals, you're like finally like I get to have some drips. So those are probably top top three.
1: Yeah, we had when, when I went, when I first got there, like because they sort of do the uniforms. I think in like the they follow the Olympic cycle, so I think you generally have like the same uniforms for four years. Occasionally, there's a separate one. And when I first got there, it was like. The, the outs on the, the old old stuff and it was I'm sure at the time it was nice but like by the time I was there we were in the fourth or fifth year of it and it was bad and then when then we got into this chunk where it was the same uniform with the big giant O but it was just a different colorway every single time and I have this huge gripe with designing something that's going to be covered by your bib and so we went away from everything that you could actually read everything was underneath the bib so then it was me and Mike Berry and somebody else got to meet with the the Nike team that comes down and does all the Oregon uniforms Mm -hmm. and Mike and I just laid into them we're like, we're the best team here we're the only team that doesn't have a Fighting Ducks colorway, we're the only team that doesn't have matching spikes, we're the only team that doesn't have like this retro edition, like there's all these other teams that finish in the bottom half of the Pac-12 and we're winning NCAA titles and like we don't have anything like compared to what yeah. all these other teams have. And they're like, but you have like four different uniforms. And we're like, that's just a different colorway. And Mike, Mike <laughs> and I went crazy. And they were like, you guys, like, this is your like fun project. You get to do whatever you want here. Like have some fun. So yeah, that's how the, the retro and the fighting ducks. And I think the the black colored one, all of that stuff like started from from there. So we were, we were pumped to get that stuff. Like I think in my fifth year, we had all that stuff.
2: There've been some good ones that have come and gone. I also, I don't know if I should say this, but like, I don't know why I checked behind me, like Robert Johnson was there or something. <laughs> um, but uh, no, there's like there's a there's a new secret uniform that I think I'm I'm the only one that has se- that has seen. Um, so that'll probably be making a debut maybe this outdoor uh, outdoor nationals. But My there's God. some there's some good stuff still cycling through. They're they're killing it right now. So always grateful to have the opportunity to wear the O
0: yeah all right cooper well we wish you the best of luck in uh training over the next couple of weeks and uh hopefully we'll see you uh at Milrose games and again congrats on uh the pro deal
2: yeah absolutely thanks for having me it's uh it's been a pleasure hopefully there'll be more to come in the future
1: yeah awesome thank you Coop.
0: the city smack podcast is a production of the city smack podcast network it is produced and edited by mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on Patreon.com slash Sidious Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Sidious Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.